Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Real Freedom Podcast, where we talk about building time and financial freedom through different opportunities in real estate. And one of the ways that helps you grow your business and helps you to build wealth, helps you to attract people into your world, to communicate your vision, to draw in clients, is great communication. And so today we have an expert in communication. We have Brendan Kumarasamy. Brendan is the founder of Master Talk, and you work with coaching executives, entrepreneurs to be the top 1% communicators in the industry. You have a popular YouTube channel, uh, Master Talk, which has been fun to watch. I went back and looked at, I think it was your Facebook page to see as you post how your followers have grown. As of today, you're at 26,000 subscribers uh, to your YouTube page. So uh, congratulations on that. And your goal is to provide free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. So welcome, Brendan. We're so excited to have you on the show. Pleasure is absolutely mine, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So why don't you start by uh, just kind of sharing a little bit about your background and how you got to where you're at today and and why it's so important for you to to share this and to be able to help others with communication. Absolutely, Mike. So my story started when I was in college. I went to business school. And instead of doing you know, sports like most of us do, like football or basketball or baseball, I did professional sports for nerds which yep. was presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, I started coaching a lot of the students in those university programs, not because I was a great coach, because the alternative they had was a rock, so they picked me. And that's how we learned the art of coaching. I probably coached like 70 people in three years. And mm-hmm. then when that time passed, I had the idea for Master Talk because I realized that everything that I was sharing with them wasn't available for free on the internet. And that's how I got started in my journey. Talk about the messaging that you want to communicate with people. What, what what's important for people don't know? Let's just let's just start with real estate, right? So we, you know, obviously have real estate investors, we have people in the real estate space. Marketing is important, messaging is important, building trust with Potential clients in the future is important. What are some of the things that you see that's important for people to know when they're when they're communicating? Of course, Mike. So there's so many tactics, but let's start with the religion. And the, re- the religion is this. If there's anything that's been consistent throughout every real estate investor agent that I've worked with over the years is it's prioritization. They don't make it a priority. Because it seems to me that everyone in real estate just doesn't care about making more money, which drives me crazy. Example, someone comes up to me, a real estate investor, they're raising for a multifamily properties, they're doing a round, they're visiting a few offices. And I go, how many questions have you been asked on this pitch? Like how many doors, what the facility is like, how many questions have you been asked before you're pitching to family offices? And the guy looks at me, he goes, I don't know, like probably five or seven questions, 10 questions. And I look at him and I go, what are you talking about? You haven't drilled your pitch 75, 100 times with all of these questions. He goes, no, why would I do that? I just got a pitch and I'll raise some money because I did really well. I got the right returns on the last property, so I'll do just fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm always confused at this, Mike, because the investing world is so small. If you mess up one of these pitches, everyone's going to know. It's mm-hmm. not like it's going to be a secret. So I would say the most important message before we go into the tactics today is make it a priority. 
Whether you invest in it or not, make it a priority because the difference between a top 1% communicator and in real estate and a top 5% communicator in real estate, whether you're an agent or on the investing side, is massive from an economics perspective. Mm -hmm. Let's take a step back from the investors and let's talk about I'm a real estate agent. I'm a real estate investor. I'm looking to build a company. Mission, vision, values, your why. You know, communicating that stuff is really important. And so what what do you have to say, people, around around that? How can I prepare for that? Sometimes, you know, maybe people might think it's just it's just fluffy stuff. And why does it really matter? So talk about that for a little bit. Kind of the the key piece here of I'm looking to to start in one spot and get to another. I want people to to link arms with me, whether it's clients, whether it's staff, whether it's other agents, other people working with me, how do I do that in an effective way? Absolutely, Mike. So, so let's establish why it's important first. So the reason it's important is because we're always enrolling people into our vision. Mm-hmm. Even, uh, even if we're not pitching directly for capital, every time we talk about the vision on a one-on-one conversation at a cocktail, in a small group, at a town hall meeting with our internal employees, we're always constantly remoting, re-motivating, uh, and re-engaging them to stay with our brokerage, to stay with our organization, to stay within our company, and not leave us to go somewhere else. And that's why knowing how to communicate your vision over and over and over again, like clockwork is so essential. So now the question is, how do you do this? So there's a few strategies, but I'll give you the easiest one that people can implement, whether it's in their investing pitches or when they're preparing the specific scenario you just talked about, which is puzzles. Mm -hmm. So communication is like jigsaw puzzles. You know, those little pieces we used to do together as kids kind of put those toys together. Mm -hmm. So if I asked you, I've got a four-year-old that loves jigsaw puzzles. There you go. So the question for you, Mike, is when you work on Jigsaw Puzzle with your four-year-old, which pieces do you start with first and why? I'm I'm the, the corners and the edges. Absolutely. And why yep. is that? And my, my, well, I was going to say my four-year-old is uh, mashing pieces together to try to make them fit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's starting with the, the corners and the edges are the easiest. You can identify them well. Um, Instead of, you know, there's there's essentially one side that's already given to you, um, corners, two sides given to you. And so it's, you know, find those four corners, those those posts, put those in, kind of line up the border and then tackle tackle the inside from there. So I would say ease and simplicity. I mean, that was the most detailed answer I've ever heard on that question. So you get my, my I'm a details thumbs, guy. So, so you're going to yeah, get that. detailed answers from me. Yep. That was perfect, Mike. I love that. So you're absolutely right. They're easier to find the box, put them all together. So why am I giving you this analogy? Why am I telling you this? Because in communication, we do the opposite, unfortunately. We Mm -hmm. start the middle first. Whether it's an investing pitch or when we're communicating our vision of the company to people, we shove everything in the middle. We Mm -hmm. start the middle pieces. So it's confusing. We're putting a bunch of slides together. We get to the presentation and we ramble throughout the whole thing. So the Mm -hmm. last slide sounds something like this. Uh, Yeah, so um, thanks. Not the right approach. So instead, what you want to do is practice like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Do the introduction 50 times, not two times, not three times, not five times. Do it 50 times. 50 seems like a big number, but it really isn't. 
right? Because the 50 times will only take you like an hour because your intro is like 60 to 90 seconds. Same mm-hmm. thing with the closed mic. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. Same thing with the close and then tackle the middle. If you practice in that format, it'll be a lot easier to convey your ideas more effectively. Let's touch on on raising money, right? Raising money is really important. What are effective ways, not even in real estate, but in sales, other industries, when people are looking to raise money, um, what, what recommendations do you have for folks? Absolutely. So I call this how to bulletproof a pitch. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare so much in an effective way? Because obviously we all, we're all busy people in a way that when you enter that investing room, you're pitching, you nail it. So there's a couple of things to keep in mind. I would say the first one is have dinner conversations with people you've already raised money from and ask them questions. It's so mm-hmm. simple, but nobody does it, Mike. Example, let's say you're, you're sitting down some of your limited partners, people who have already subscribed to your round. Having three-hour dinners with them is really effective and asking them questions like, if you were in my shoes, how would you communicate my ideas better or my buildings better or the facilities better? What made you want to subscribe to the round? What are other pieces of the pitch? Have your existing investors, people who already believe in you, ideally who've participated in a previous round, who've actually already gotten a financial result, they want to help you. So the mm-hmm. secret to my success, and it's not much of a secret, I go to my existing clients and I go, how do I sell the next person who's exactly like you? And they go, you got to do this. In real estate, you got to talk about this. That's why my tone, actually, when I talk in real estate podcasts, changes. It's actually very aggressive compared to my YouTube channel. And I'm drawing that difference out loud because I know a lot of people in real estate are very tough. Love, get to the point. How do I make money off of this? That's just Mm -hmm. been my experience. So that's the way I talk, right? Yeah. So even the way of my tone changes based on the podcast. Whereas let's say the interview after this is like for kids. Like what advice? So I go, okay, Sally's five years old. So my tone changes. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Talk to them, ask them a bunch of questions and specifically ask them this question. And this will instantly make you money. If you were to introduce me to one person to help develop my ideas further, who would you introduce me to and why? One of them will lead to another investor. You just made yourself 50 grand from listening to this podcast. Okay, that's one. Mm -hmm. So it's simple. Nobody does it. Number two, question drills. So all you have to do is a lot of us in life, Mike, we're reactive to the questions we get asked. We're not proactive. We wait Mm -hmm. for the question to come. We wait for the opportunity to come and we do a good job. Not an exceptional job. We do a good job. So how do we fix this? I have a strategy that only takes five minutes a day that people can implement. It's Mm -hmm. very simple. Every day, write down the answer to one question that you think an investor is going to ask you about the business. So Mm -hmm. a simple way to do this is get your existing customers to funnel 50, 100, 150 questions that they would have about your property. And every day, answer only one of them for five minutes. So it's not very overwhelming. If -hmm. you do that every day for a year, Mike, you'll have answered 365 questions about your properties, investing pitches. You'll be bulletproof. It's just nobody does it. And then the third tip I recommend is the video message strategy. Send video messages to your existing investors, your LPs, the people around you, really makes them feel seen, understood, and felt. And you have a huge competitive advantage because nobody in the investing world sends video messages. So you'll stand out whenever there's a deal and you'll get more capital flow than anyone else. peasy. Just nobody does it. It's interesting. Like just going back to the beginning here, you're talking about, you know, making this a priority. And I think it, 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 it boils down to this, you know, that we tend to move fast 
Um, we we want to get stuff done. And really, we're, we're setting this up. So kind of going back to our conversation about the puzzle, I mentioned I'm a details guy, right? Like I like to communicate through details. In the, in the DISC assessment, I'm a high SC. I think sometimes that tends to bog people down. If I'm talking to real estate agents or people that move really fast, they're a high D, I tend to feel like I'm slowing them down because I want to talk in details. So how do you balance if I'm making a presentation or I'm communicating the get to the point versus giving them the information that they want to have? I mean, that's an exceptional question, Mike. Here's what I would say. The answer, unfortunately, is it depends. Why is that? So if you're talking to a general public, it always goes back to what the key idea is. For me, let's start with the definition of communication, actually, my definition, which will make it Mm -hmm. easier, which is simply this, communicate a specific outcome to a specific audience. Communicate a specific outcome to a specific audience. That's what it is. So for example, those outcomes can change. It could be convincing your four-year-old that he or she should eat broccoli. I think you said daughter. So she should eat son, son, sorry, excuse me. Right. Son. So this is me getting feedback. I'm asking you questions, right? So son eating broccoli every morning. Right. And another one could be convincing your significant other or family members to eat Mexican that night instead of Chinese food, or it could be raising $10 million in an hour with, with 10 different of the biggest investors in your city. Mm -hmm. So all, all the outcomes change. So why do I say it depends? You need to adjust the energy based on what the outcome is. Example, usually when you're investing, you're raising money for capital, it's usually a small audience. We're talking three, five people. If it's a really big check, maybe it's all of the partners of that fund, but it's usually three to five, seven people, and it's done usually over dinner. So in those situations, you can actually plan for that energy in advance. You know the room. Are they Ds? Are they Ss? So when you're having those one-on-one conversations, you know how to change it. And it's usually D energy. It's mm-hmm. usually, okay, guys, let's get to the point. These are the three reasons why you want this deal. Here's why I'm different. Do you have? And then most of it's Q&A. What, what are the concerns you have about the deal and you're answering? So you're not pitching for a long period of time. But then there's other situations where you might be on a podcast talking about your journey, about how you built you know, your real estate portfolio from two units to 200. So when you're talking about that story, you're not really high D anymore. You could be a little bit when you're giving some tough love, but you got to mix it up between all four letters because you might be talking and inspiring people who are just getting started the real estate journey. So the, the advice becomes a lot more dilutive and a lot more inspirational. Like a lot of podcasts, I say something like, how would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? Mm-hmm. Right, because it inspires people to take action, but it's not super relevant in real estate because people just want to get to the point of real estate. So there you go. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, you know, I was just on a on a session that I was listening to yesterday and they were talking about, you know, the value of knowing your why, right? And and so in real estate, no matter, you know, which spot in real estate you're in, you got to be used to rejection, right? You have to be used to people ignoring you, rejecting you, actively rejecting you or passively rejecting you because you're going to have your ups and downs. And and it was funny when I first got into real estate, I was a, at a nonprofit for 10 years. And when I got into real estate, it was so funny to me how people tended to just, when they had good news, it was just, they were super high, they were super excited. And then something bad happens. And it's like, they go into this pit and it, it could be that range of emotions in a single day, or it could be over the course of a week, if a deal's looking like it's coming together and then it falls through. And so you're constantly navigating the the range of emotions. Um, and that makes it really difficult, you know, cause it's, it's, it's just, 
yeah, it's a, it's a tough industry to be in. And so I want to, I want to make sure that we cover the, the social media piece. That's, that's really important to me. So what tactics can I use when I'm, when I'm posting on social media? So let's just say I'm talking about communicating my vision, right? I've taken time to do that. What are some boots on the ground tactics? Cause I have so many people that, you know, when they talk about it, it's funny. I don't mind being on being on camera. I've gotten used to it. It's part of the reason why I did a podcast was to be able to get comfortable being on camera. But whenever I've heard people talk about getting on social media, communicating your vision, attracting clients, it's like they just they just curl up in a little ball. And it's like, I can't do that. I'm so nervous to be on camera. I'm so nervous to do that. So for people that have a fear of communication and, and say we're in the digital age, right? Like this, where, where maybe our clients aren't in person, we're trying to communicate to people in other states, maybe even other countries, if we're working with investors, how do we overcome those fears that we have of, I don't want to do this because I don't feel like I'm a good communicator or I don't feel like I'm good at sales or I just can't stand my voice on camera. I can't stand looking at my face on camera. You know, there's so many times I go back and watch podcasts and you see like the shininess on my head or something on my hair. Like people just have to get over that. So what advice do you have for people when when they're thinking about social media, just getting over it and doing it? Absolutely, Mike. So here's what I would say to this audience in particular. Go back to what's made you successful in real estate and ask yourself this question. What made you successful? Whether you're a real estate agent or the investor. And that person, if we were talking to them right now, Mike, they would tell us something like, well, you just got to do it. You got to close the deals. There's a lot of times you're going to get rejected. Sometimes you might get customers in the, in the agent business where you know, they're not actually serious. They don't want to sell their homes. You can't make a commission. They're just kind of diddly daddling. So instead of complaining, you just increase your top of funnel, you get to the next customer and you try and close your month. Yeah. And the same thing with investors. If you pitch, you put all your heart in, you do the question drills 75 times and you get to the office and they just don't like your face. They just don't like your attitude. It's just an energy thing and you can't really control it. What do you do? You're going to weep and whine about it? No, you're going to get up and say, well, shit, I got to close this round. People are relying on this. And a lot of my investors who already believed in me are relying on me to close this bloody round. So I'm going to figure it out. So mm-hmm. why are we so successful in this area, but we don't apply the same lessons in the context of communication? right? Mm-hmm. The, and that's what I find so fascinating. So what's my advice? My advice is don't start with social media because mm-hmm. we haven't learned the lesson yet. I would mm-hmm. say, start with the people that you love. Make a list of five to seven people that you really love. That could be your friends, your family members, your niece, your nephew. It could be your clients, people who have invested in you early. And ask yourself a simple question. Forget about the world. When was the last time you sent them a video message? Just telling them, hey, Mike, mm-hmm. I really love the work that you're doing on this podcast. Hey, keep it up, man. Really amazing. Nobody sends us video messages like that. And mm-hmm. why am I so gun-ho on this? One, because it makes you instant money. You don't even need the world. If you send this to your existing, if you're a real estate agent, you send this to your existing clients, you'll get an extra client. Guarantee. It works for me all the time. I don't make money off podcasts. I just do this as a social service for my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. right? All my money comes from video messages. But the point is, is it helps teach us a very valuable lesson which is what is communication for, Mike? Communication is not a chore, which is what a lot of us think it is. I like doing the dishes. Oh my God, I got to communicate better. I got to get more clients. I don't like mm-hmm. that. For me, it's about making a difference because the next morning when you wake up and you see all those messages and you'll be shocked. Mm-hmm. You'll see all those messages of people going, oh my God, 
Brendan, Mike, I can't believe you sent me this video message. It means so much to me. You realize that communication is about impacting people. And that's why this 22-year-old kid, I'm not 22 anymore, but when I was that kid and I started my Master Talk YouTube channel, I didn't do it for my executive clients who pay my bills, obviously, that I'm super grateful for. I did it for the 15-year-old girl who couldn't afford me. That's why I started Master Talk, because I know that girl doesn't have anyone else to rely on. And that pushed me to figure out how to coach executives. And that's what I want for all of us is you'll find that why over time, but you got to start the people closest to you. Like you talked about, yeah, it, building building an audience, kind of making that impact from the ground up um, versus trying to go wide, use the relationships that you currently have. Okay, so, so think about building an audience, right? So you've done a good job of building an audience. You've got 26,000 YouTube subscribers that, as of today. And so... If for somebody that wants to grow their presence online and wants to build an audience, how do you do that at a mass scale? Obviously, maybe start with your friends and family, but you can't get to 26,000 with that. So how did you build that audience? What tactics did you use? I would disagree. I okay. think that's exactly how you get to 26,000. And I'll tell you why. But it's just what, you, what, I, what we talked about on a wider scale. What does this mean? What a lot of people don't know, Mike, they might look at my 26K now that I'm super proud of, by the way, and that's that's great. But, what they, yeah. but what's what's more important for people who are getting started, right, about empathy is all about who the, the person we used to be, is mm-hmm. how did I get my first thousand subscribers? Ah, because that's a different story. Because mm-hmm. I could bullshit you all day and go, oh, yeah, it was the uh, YouTube algorithm. I'm just really good at content creation. That's not what it is. It's how badly do you want it, which mm-hmm. is... The first thousand, I DM seventeen hundred people, Mike. That's how I got to a thousand subscribers in four months. Is I believed in my content first before anyone else did. So what was the story? The story is very simple. All of the people I had coached for three years for free, like mm-hmm. before I ever had Master Talk, I was just helping them. So when I was twenty-two and I started the YouTube, channel, I went back to those guys who work on Wall Street now, who work on Bay Street, who have all these investment banking jobs, and I mm-hmm. said, guys, I haven't asked you for a penny. But I'm going to ask you for one thing. You're going to do it for me. You're going to promote the shit out of my YouTube channel. And that's mm-hmm. what they did. That's how I got a thousand subscribers. What people don't get, Mike, is it's not about a thousand followers. It's about a thousand conversations like this. That's how mm-hmm. you build a raving following. Whether or not there's an audience, I don't even care about that. The re- Even if obviously do care, adding value. But the reason on this podcast is for you. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when this call drops for the rest of your life, I want you, when you think about communication to every person you meet in your life, you're not going to talk about Dale Carter. You're going to talk about me because I'm the guy who spent 20 minutes pouring into your audience, not pitching anything. And that's always been my philosophy. I told myself from the get-go, even if the algorithm did nothing for me and it did two years after I started the YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. I knew that if I guessed on 10,000 podcasts, not 10, 10,000, it was only the host that was listening to me. They had no audience. At least I would have 10,000 subscribers and people just don't have that mindset. And that's why I won. Awesome. I, I love what you're doing for folks that want to learn more about Master Talk, learn more about you. How can they go do that? Absolutely, Mike. This is such a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me, man. So two ways to keep in touch. First one is definitely the YouTube channel. Just go mm-hmm. to Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to the free content. Second ways, I do a free workshop over Zoom every three weeks. That's fun. That's live. That's interactive. And I facilitate the call. It's not a boring webinar. And if you want to register for it, it's rockstarcommunicator.com. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Brennan. Um, you're, you're great at what you do, care about people. You want to make a difference. And so best of luck to you in the future.